0: Hey, everybody, this is Eric Mueller, host of The Eric Mueller Show. You're tuned into the podcast that explores what makes any successful person's inner clock tick by unlocking the most impactful tools within their success portfolio. I'm joined today by Curtis May, the creator of Practical Wealth Advisors. Curtis is here to teach us that our number one financial asset is our knowledge. The more we know, the lower our risk and the greater our chance of success over time. Let's head on over to the interview. Curtis, welcome to the show. Thank you, Eric, for having me. Excited to be here. Thanks for being here, man. And before we dive into your entrepreneurial story and your expertise on financial planning and investing and wealth creation, we first want to know what makes up your success portfolio. Now, if you're new to the show, here's a quick definition of that, and this ties in perfectly with a finance expert like Curtis. But think of it like this, an investment portfolio lays the foundation for financial goals. Well, here on the Eric Mueller Show, I want to discover how successful people like Curtis invest in themselves and build the foundation for that success. So Curtis, start us off. What are some skills or traits, habits or mindsets that make up your success portfolio? Well, I'll tell you because it's
1: been significant. What I've what I've discovered is that my number one asset is Curtis, right? And so when you invest in so it's three things your mindset, skill set, your network. That's that's what you invest in, right? So investing in my mindset is I really focus on what I watch. So a Jim Rohn today in the morning. I tell people go to YouTube and just search Jim Rohn You get just to get yourself your philosophy right. He says most people don't have a money problem; they have a philosophy problem. How you think, right? And then uh, what you read. So I try to read 10, 15 pages a day. Right. I was we're talking before a recording. I'm I'm just finishing uh, Ben Hardy's book. Um, 10x is easier than 2x, right? So I'm working on that. And this week I'll work through it. I'll journal it. To get my thoughts down and ask myself the right questions, and I find when I look back at my old journals, I've had some brilliant stuff. I need to implement some of this stuff. You know, we're—I've had like probably fifty one million dollar ideas. You know, but you gotta—you gotta space yourself so you can actually implement a skill set. I'm always working on skills. So uh, if I go to an event, like I'll look at business in three parts: before, during, and after. Like, is marketing during is the Mark sales process of engaging with clients, and after is orchestrating follow up, retention, continued education. I call I do, I do something my business called client continued education. So I'm very in much in educational marketing, and so what I'll do is I will organize my notes and, Okay, is this a before unit idea? Is this a during unit implementation idea, or this is an after unit? And I'll do it, and then I'll I'll take the next steps, and then I'll journal it, or I'll put it in Evernote. Just so I can kind of organize the ideas to put them in implementable steps, um, and then I work on uh, networking, right? Skill set, you know. Well, skill set. So, skill set. Getting better at my craft. Getting around the best people. I'm, you know, I was last year. I was in a mastermind every quarter, you know, through a master mentor program in the financial services practice. I just got back uh, from the uh, Russell Brunson's mastermind in Paradise. I'm in the Two Comma Club, so I easily invest well, hell this year, probably 35, 40 grand in personal development into Curtis as my, if I'm a number one asset, then I need to, to do that. And then what you'll see is you'll see your capability, your confidence grows. See, cause what people don't understand is like when you're competent, you'll be confident, right? And when you're confident, you'll make money, right? And so you have to, to invest in it. And then you have, you can't just be a perpetual student. You've got to do, if you want the power, you have to do the thing. And so what I'm really good at is trying stuff. I don't worry about my dad's look, you got to learn. You want to learn to do something. You got to try stuff. You got to mess up. You don't learn from perfection. And so I just try to learn really fast and then go show it to somebody, you know, cause Jim Rohn says, if you want to get good at something, sorry for the long answer, you got to practice, study and teach. Right. So I work on those three mindset, skill set, network, network. The last one is who do you know? So you got to get in the right rooms. So you got to sometimes you got to pay to be in the right room. You can't just go to all times free stuff. And then but more importantly, who knows you? So who knows that, you know, this stuff, which just now you begin into marketing. And I don't really like branding, but, you know, you want to kind of let people know that you can serve them. And, uh, and so you got to work on your, you know, so I work on that. I work on the, the wealth mindset, you know, of just, um, because what I was just telling this young guy, I was at the hotel. I said, listen, what is this thing all about? Well, I teach people how money works and it says, you know, but your people say they want to make more money, but money follows value. So if you want to grow your income, you have to create more value in the marketplace, right? So you people want to have it out of order. And so I work on, I asked myself questions like, if I want to grow our revenue, how can I serve more people? How can I solve bigger problems? How can I because money's a result of creating value in the marketplace? And that's that because people have this they feel guilty for making money. And you gotta really work through getting out all that crap out of your head so that you can really do what you have to do. So Eric, that was my, my long intro. I'm sorry. But that no that's that's,
0: that's how I think. That's perfect. I, I love that because you know, you break it down with you have the mindset, the skill set, and the network. I think that's it's perfectly great to have a clear cut, three core elements. I think that's kind of the sweet spot for people when I ask this question is it's about, it's typically three things and it really mm-hmm. makes it so that it, it can resonate with those of you listening out there. And I also loved Curtis, how you mentioned that monetary uh, piece to what you invest in yourself. Cause I think, I don't know how that number hits with you guys out there listening, but to, to me, I mean, obviously it's, it's a substantial amount of money, but I do see the value in that. I haven't invested that much personally yet. Right. But I think that it, it makes sense that if you want to grow yourself, just like you'd want to grow, you know, a portfolio of traditional stocks or different right. funds, or different bonds, you need to put in a lot of money. And
1: you do it as like it could be like five percent, ten percent of your revenue. I mean you don't go there. I mean, I didn't right. so I kind of got caught up at Funnel Hacking Live on this, oh let me join this two comma club thing. And and I was like, all right, my cash flow is there. I guess like I was scared to death. You know, to make those big commitments. But what I realized is that every time I've done that, I've grown my revenue because I've invested in myself, my confidence, my skill set where I can, and I've gotten around people where I've got different, like I went, I was in a mastermind event for the financial services thing. And I realized nobody took their own insurance applications. All of them had assistants. All of them had, you know, so I was like, okay, I need an assistant. I got to get out of all this minutiae I'm doing so that I could free myself up to focus on more important things. So that's why you got to get around people to, you know, how do they run their business? You know, that, that are, that are better off you. They do something different than you are and you can't expand your own vision.
0: Yeah. Another piece that you made, Curtis, that I thought was really impactful was the, the value that you bring tied to the money that you'll make. And I think that's something a lot of people, including myself early on, you kind of get that switched. You're like, well, Hey, I'm working really hard. Like I deserve to get paid for this, but it's like, Well, is this a passion project? Is this actually something people want? Is there a market fit for it? So I think when you start to think the way to get more money is to provide more value, or if you have a product, make it more robust, make it better, make it so that people need it and want it, and it's going to help them. So I really love that piece. So that's the only thing
1: they buy is that they're buying. A, so a business is three things: a customer, a mechanism, and a result. Right. So people buy results. Right. And you need to learn how to package as an offer. That's getting more into the marketing, which is the number one skill set. Okay, is understand how to market your your thing. But yeah, yeah, it's that's it's like that's the little stuff that you got to know because you people say, "Well, I'm passionate about such and such, and follow your passion, and the money will fall." That's complete BS. Okay. You the market. What does the market want? Because that's the only thing they're going to pay you for, right? Now, if you're passionate about it, great. But you need to get passionate about something that will somebody will write you a check for, right? And uh, you know, I mean, I'm you know, I'm a capitalist. Just so we're clear,
0: <laughs> right? Well, so and I mean, saw at the end problems of the day, for a profit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, and at the end of the day, people need to to pay their bills and support their families. So, I mean, you you need to be you need to be invigorated about what you do so that you yeah. can pursue it and continue to grow. But you
1: can't do it you'll, you'll starve to death and you won't be, if you have this gift that you're trying to bring to the world, you have to make money. So you continue to bring the gift, you know, to out there, to serve people, you know, and, and, uh, because what you do, if you're in an entrepreneurial space, or even with your job, right, you, you're serving a purpose and, uh, you know, you, you have to work at what Dan Kennedy calls your unique abilities. You want to find your area of genius and then you want to stop as, as, fast as possible. is to transition to doing all the minutiae stuff. Let somebody else Where, like this say, if administration. Their unique ability may be administration. You know, I had a client, she loves the cleaning, right? So she had a cleaning business on the side because she just enjoyed it or it, it, it calmed her. She So she started to work for like Service Pro. She didn't want to do a business, but it was good extra money for her because she
0: really enjoyed organizing cleaning stuff. That was her zone of genius. So do that. Right. Yeah. That's a great example of that. And a thought I had on this Curtis is in regard to the definition of success. It's another question I always love asking people because it really like it makes me realize how it may have changed for them or what are the factors that go into why they define it that way. So for you, you mentioned investing in yourself is really that that big piece of, you know, how do you get better? How do you grow the revenue of your business? You invest more in Curtis. But how do you define success? You know, there's monetary metrics we could tie to it so you can obviously look at it in that way, with your business, if you make more money, that could be looked at as as more successful. Coming from a, a traditional school background and having a lot of uh, education in a formal sense, you know, I've always been accustomed to like you get good grades. That's tied to success, so it's easy to measure in that way, or a little bit easier. But with just broadly in terms of being a successful person, what is that for you? What is the definition for what is Curtis' success definition? So it's. One my I'm driven by freedom <laughs> okay and so
1: I want to do what I want when I want I want my family to have the best so it's like be, being present for my family where I'm I'm uh, which is the challenge especially when you're starting a business it's hard even when you go on vacation you're still thinking about it right mm-hmm. So it's, it's you got to work that's where you're marketing and building a business that works without you works but it's really for me it's freedom. Two, like it's two types of freedom. freedom and I, I brought this from Dan Sullivan, strategic coach. It's freedom from, so I freed myself from having to subject myself to working for other people a long time ago, right? But then there's freedom to, freedom to do what? Whatever you want to do. And I have it justified. So, you know, if I want to take the summer off and and still grow my revenue, that's what I want. I want to be able to, you know, send our kids to Europe this summer, Uh, you know, where I want them to have those type experiences, young women. And, uh, so that success to me, be able to, to have, you know, my family enjoy the fruits of our label to be able to do what I want and not, um, yeah, do what I want when I want. We call it in our business, getting in our system, we call it being a flow and air passive income, twice your expenses. And we call it getting to a position of fu. <laughs> okay. <just> feel- <laughs> right? You know, uh, you know, let's say you got a lot of real estate going on and you're used to working remotely and they'll tell you, you got to come back into the office. F you, I don't have to, because I have all this other stuff going on. I realized that, you know, security is the ability to produce and I can produce. So you want to get to that position. And so I'm not quite there, but I'm getting there. I'm pretty close. And uh, I can say after you to a lot of people. Right? And so that's what success is autonomy to do what I want to do when I want to do it without asking for permission.
0: Yeah, I think that that, that resonates a lot with me because that that's kind of the motivation for me as well as freedom, not to make a bunch of money to have a really fat bank account or you have an X, X uh, net worth, but to be able to just do that, do what you want to do or be able to pursue. You know, that's when you can get to the point where if you can cover your expenses or like you mentioned, two, you know, two times your expenses with passive income, then you can actually make a jump into something else. And maybe you yes. maybe you can do something you truly love to do and you're like, I don't care if anybody pays from this for, for me for this at all. Like, I want to do this and this is what's gonna film this me. is what
1: I want. That's right. right. And see exactly. Most see and see, so typical financial planning won't take you there because see, met- net worth. I was listening to some podcasts more. I was talking about net worth. Net worth is a meaningless metric. Assets minus your liabilities equals your net worth because you can't eat equity, right? Right. You can go on vacation, stay on vacation with cash flow, right? And so the emphasis needs to be on okay, I've got to just from the rich dad stuff, right? My was an asset, something that pays you to own it, something that puts money in your pocket every month without your labor or much of your labor. And so I find that most people aren't focused on that. And so they're working for this big bank account, this big number. That's a status thing, right? But that that doesn't ultimately mean anything because you're saving dollars that the value of each dollar is going down every day. You know, so you, oh, I got a, I had a woman, she had like $20,000 in cash in a safe. I was like, well, will that 20000 how much will that $20,000 buy next year if you leave it in there? Right. Well, they buy the same amount of stuff. No, because every day the value is going down. So, you know, they don't really teach things like we talk about velocity of money and, you know, we get into the principles, but you you need to understand you can't be free without financial freedom.
0: Right. And I'm glad you mentioned the velocity of money. That's definitely something I wanted to ask you about and, and bring out in this conversation. But let yeah, let's switch gears here and go more into the in-depth focus on that financial planning piece. And I think the first place to really start with it might be to, how do we tell our money where to go instead of asking where it went? I think that was kind of the paradigm shift I had initially when I started budgeting and really Mm kind of getting a handle on it when Mm -hmm. I got out of school, had a full-time job. So Curtis, start us off. I mean, how do we do that? How do we manage that part where we know we want to figure out how to tell it where to go versus ask where it went?
1: So, and that's step one, you know, is, is, uh, because you got to see money comes into your life, Right there's income so people call it your budget right your income money coming in and your outgo expenses right but but i don't like budgeting so we're like the anti budget people right because <laughs> budgeting or if you're in business your PL, profit and loss that's looking at history right that's what happened last month and you're micromanaging and so you're you can't forecast you not. you need to tell your money where to go so when when you get paid you need to assign the dollars a job so that you can tell them where to go before they get here rather than uh, scrambling and looking back. Oh, I spent, you know, 10% on lunch and all this nonsense that doesn't work. That's like driving a car, looking through the rearview mirror, which we should be looking through the windshield. So right. tell it, we call it we have a process called cash flow mapping um, and uh, we because we have our own. You know, proprietary thing. But I'll tell you, if you want to book on this, this is more so for business owners. We've done it. We've brought it to the personal finance side also, although we mostly work with business owners and, and investors. Um, it's called Profit First by Mike McCallowitz. if you want to kind of get the, the idea on this. So the idea is that, okay, you got money coming in and well, I'll tell you what I do. This is the way I do it. So what happens is I have, it's like, think the envelope system. Uh, but instead of putting money in cash and envelopes, you use multiple checking accounts. So when I have money come, I have an income account. I have, let's say on the business side, I have an income account. I have a wealth capture account, a wealth or wealth coordination account we call in our system. So I take 10% of my gross revenue and I move it there. Okay. Then I said, uh, you know, you got to run under Caesar. What is Caesar's? Right. So I put 15% in a tax account labeled for, to pay the taxes because I'm in business. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that I do, uh, I I pay Curtis, so I put you know because people will be in business and they won't pay themselves. Oh, I'm bootstrapping. No, you have to pay yourself, right. okay, for the work, right? Because the wealth capture is me paying Curtis for owning the business, taking the risk of owning the business. And I use that money to do other stuff, okay. And then you have to you have operations. So I try to run my business. Everybody's different, but I try to run. The business on thirty five percent of the operations and paying our assistance and that kind of stuff. And so you've got to to do that. And on the personal side, then you have three accounts, right? So you say, okay, look, I got an income account. So when you get it paid, the money goes into from your jobs into this account, okay? Or uh, uh, you can merge it. Some people all still have separate stuff, so you that's all right. And um, but you should have a fixed account for all your what I call static money like that the same every month in amount and timing. So you should, you, what we do is we help people add that up. Here is the, uh, we'll do analysis for people. So, okay, look, here's your fixed bills. Here's how much we want you to save. I want you to be a world-class saver. So we're going to say, okay, look, you make, uh, uh, i should just use round numbers for my math, 10,000 a month. Then I want you to save 20%, 15, 20%. So that's eighty eight thousand left. Okay, well, now your bills are, $5,000 a month, okay? So, or $4,000, it might be better. And then what happens is, so now you subtract. to track, you've already paid yourself first. See, if you can pay yourself first, 20% of your income, I don't care, Wish you do the rest of it, right? Because it doesn't matter. You've done what you're supposed to do, and then that 20% is to build your emergency slash opportunity fund so you can do what? Buy or build more assets and generate more cash flow. So you cut kind because of, you have to capitalize, you have to save money is the beginning of velocity, is saving. OK, I know people say cash is trash and savings for losers, but I'm talking about the verb of saving, not just you can't save your way to prosperity. And uh, then you got your fixed bills and then we have another count for uh, your variable bills, let's say. So bills, you know, so gas and eating out and whatever. And so if people are conscientious, I'll use a credit card to get the points, but you got to pay it off in every month. If you're not. <laughs> Then you're going to use a debit card. And um, because you don't have a a debit card associated with the fixed bills, right? You just, you have money. So what the leftover is like, all right, well, you got uh, $3,000 left over for variable money. So as long as you're under that, you're good. You're saving, you're enjoying your lifestyle. And then if you've got an overage, you can either save more, you can do some nice stuff, you can attack some debt. But what I find is that you got to, we call it in our process, taking the mystery out of money. You have gotta kind of get a hold of what's coming in and what's going out, and that's step one. Like just get clarity, because a lot of people are just unclear. They have like one account, and they got all you got drafts, they got this, they got all coming out of one account, and they have no clarity, or or worse yet, some people are commingling their business and personal stuff. And we, so we try to help them separate church and state. And then all right, now let's because most wealth is lost right there. How do they manage cash flow? Because they just aren't paying attention uh 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 two stuff and then we you know we teach people there's three types of money there's lifestyle money which is what I'm talking about there's wealth transfers which is money you're losing unknowingly unnecessarily and there's your accumulated money see most typical devices focus on the accumulated money how much you got oh we can do better why don't you move that money over to us or cutting back on lifestyle see I'm not the party pooper I'm not interested in telling you you can't go to Starbucks and you know all this nonsense you know you can't right you can't scrimp your way to financial freedom, right? So you need to, you know, get control of your money and then focus on increasing the value you create in the marketplace rather than trying to see how much you can cut back. And and then, you know, if you can, and then, and then find money that you're giving away, which is five transfers we'll go into a little bit later, but that's, that's how we, that's a long answer. I'm sorry, but, and we have a whole process for that, you know, cash flow mapping that, and, and I'll give you a link to where you can find out more how to, how to do that.
0: Right, yeah, and we'll and we'll have a show notes uh mm-hmm. page with uh tagging all the the links and appropriate uh, resources for you listening out there. And mm-hmm. yeah, a thought I had there, Curtis, was you know it's kind of a kind of a hypothetical question, but I kind of like it, and I wanted to make sure that I asked you it to see your response. If you could only pick one, which one is better in your opinion, saving or investing? And I know they're related. I know they're similar. You know, if you in the way you kind of describe saving, it's kind of also around a kind of a roundabout way to invest. But let's say you you had an option of you got a thousand bucks, you put it in a bank account or you put it in some type, you know, you put it in the S&P. What what would you say is better for-
1: Well, it's not so much better, it's an order, right? So if you got a thousand bucks and all you have is a thousand bucks, that's a no brainer, save. Save, okay. Right? Because there's a difference. See, saving and investing is different. See, everybody should be saving. Not everybody should be investing, Okay. See, because if you don't have, I don't, look, if you don't have 90 days of your income, don't talk to Curtis about investing in nothing, right? What are you going to do with $500 a month or $200 a month in Robinhood? See, that's not going to get, that's, that's with the, so we talked about velocity and accumulation, the velocity starts with saving, okay? So you've been told by the financial institutions that you're, because most people aren't investing, okay? They're gambling with the majority of their money. They're gambling in their 401k, and they're they're putting money up. This is where I'm gonna step on some toes there. The uh, they're putting they've <laughs> been taught. See, because think about this. Let me this me flow into it. So here are the four rules. We talk about separating the two out. See, so what does the financial institutions want you to do? Right. So their goal is assets under management. Right. So they preach about I've got I've got ten billion dollars of assets. Advisors make money off of fees off the money you have saved, your accumulated money. Right. So. But that's not designed to take you to financial freedom. It's designed for you to gather assets so they can charge you fees for 30 years, okay? And Or you're in a qualified plan so you can defer your taxes so Uncle Sam can get more of you when you retire. So it's really a, uh, it's it's designed to benefit everybody but you. You put up 100% of money, take 100% of the risk to make 30% of the profits if there's any profits at all. I'm paraphrasing Jack Bogle. On, on the mutual fund industry, so which what, so here are the four things. Here are four. Every financial product is built with these four rules in mind. They want your money. How often? They want it on a regular basis. Every time you get paid, okay. They want to. How long do they want to keep it? As long as possible. And when do they want to give it back? As slow as possible, or never. Every I don't care if it's insurance. I don't care if it's mutual funds, whatever. Okay, that's their goal. All right, and so it's to get money coming to you. Now, where is your cash flow out of that? Because you're designed to get this big pool of money, and then you pull it out when you retire and hope you don't die for your round of money. But that's not even cash flow. That's liquidation of your assets. You're what I call draining the tank, and uh, and hopefully, you know. And what happened? What happens if you need the money and the market's down? Now you're, you know. Uh, evading your principal faster. So that strategy is flawed from the getting. You're saving uh, uh, dollars, a monetary unit called a dollar at the value of which goes down every day. You're in a fluctuating stock market where that you don't control that, it's very manipulated. And um, you know, people say, Oh, I'm earning compound interest. Mutual funds don't earn compound interest, mutual funds go up, they go down, they appreciate, they depreciate. So when you're seeing oh, our funded um you know, 11 and a half percent is average. That's complete. That doesn't mean anything. Actually, you can average 20% and not make a dime. There's a, somewhere on my YouTube channel, there's actual versus average. And, and so there's a lot of misinformation because people aren't financially literate as they need to be. So they're falling for sales pitches, right? And so, and then here's the last definition of investment. Investment, investing is not about buying something. It's about becoming something. Right. So it's be, then do, then have. And so what we teach is that's why I start with saving. This is a long answer to say that because it's because you got to save first. And what do you invest in? The three things. Right. Uh, uh, Mindset, skill set, network. That's your first investment. Right. Because investing is about becoming. Something right. You got to become a good business owner. You have to become a good investor and in in investing there's asset classes business real estate paper and commodities so if you start really studying the buffets and people with money they don't make their money in mutual funds they don't give they want control of their asset their assets generate cash flow and growth but they focus on cash flow you know they focus on controlling the taxes the timing you know so there and so you have to become a really great book is rich the rich dad series but rich dad's guide to investing really breaks it down and one of the things I tell people is the financial plan, what do you want and why, comes before the investment plan or the business plan, right? And so most people haven't even determined that. They just want to put something in something and they're chasing returns. So the three rules of investing, invest in what you know or invest in knowing, which is what I start out with, right? Invest in what you can control or that you can influence the outcome of, and don't chase returns. See, most people when you're saying, "Well, I want to invest," they're chasing returns. They have no idea how it works. They don't know who's managing the fund. You right. are gambling. Okay, you're not investing. So, but see, the 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 powers that be want you to think you're investing. I'm telling you not because if you and don't listen to me, just start reading books. Right? Start start studying people with money and look on the Forge 400. Who's on there? They build businesses. They buy real estate. So success leaves clues. So I'm not here to tell. People, I don't even I'm not a wealth manager. I don't tell people what to invest in because mm-hmm. it's not my job to tell you what to become. You gotta figure out what you want. Now I'm gonna I'm the defensive court. i want to make sure you don't lose money. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um uh and you keep more of your what you make and you're more efficient, but you've got to figure out. See, people will stop looking for somebody to give your money to and find somebody that will teach you money. That's the first thing. But see, we have our immediate gratification. Society works against you, and so the the, the marketing people, you know, uh, 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 in the investment field know that, and they want to make it easy. You know, oh, just take out ten percent and put it in this thing, and you know, we'll we'll make sure that you have this number at retirement. But can you? make Nobody can control that. Nobody at last time I check has a working crystal ball. So right. I believe. You know, one of my beliefs is that financial planning is broken, and because uh, if it was a science, nobody would lose any money. It's not a science,
0: right? Yeah, no, that there's a lot of truth to that, Curtis, and I, I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate the long I, I appreciate the long responses because it really, like it, it provides a lot of depth into what your you know what your answers are, and I think that's probably at least it's helpful for me right now. Hopefully, everyone listening also feel that feels that way because you're providing us a lot of value. Because I want to go deeper, that, right? I want right. you to see. I don't want you to hear. Take a soundbite and do what Curtis says. It's
1: your money, right. right? I want you to think. I don't want to tell you what to think. I'm just trying to give you this. I try to throw out a book out there so you can go and do your homework. It's your money. Curtis is the guide, okay? But I'm still going to. If you like, if you don't want to think, I tell people, and you just want to put your, tell me what to do, Curtis. Don't call me. I'm telling <laughs> yeah. you, don't go to my link. Don't scale. I'm not that guy. It's your money. I'm going to take you through. We have a process that you're going to read some books. You're going to do some work or Curtis ain't going to let you work with him or his team. So I'm telling you right now, don't call me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good to be transparent though. I mean, it's good to know, it's good to know what you are and what you're not too. It's good to know who you are for and who you're not for. I think that's an important thing for any aspiring entrepreneur to know. And in terms of like niching down, you don't have right. to uh, appeal to everyone. But the Do you thought want I had, work
1: optional income.
0: That's that's right. the, that's the magic question. You want to be in control of your life and work optional income. Then well, I think we help you want to be the bank so you control the money that flows through your life, then Curtis can help you. That's absolutely right. And, and Curtis, a thought I had was, you know, kind of going back to investing in our knowledge, that first piece of the financial puzzle's building up yourself. Do you think that that people can kind of get caught up in feeling like, you know, they're an expert prematurely or, you know, some some examples like Robinhood right now, you know, obviously has been a lot in the news and it's kind of gained popularity through COVID. Everyone is investing in crypto. You know, you have it in your pocket, you sign up, two seconds later, you you know, you can call yourself an investor. Do you think that people get a false sense of security in that way? Are they, are they thinking that they know more than they know too yes.
1: soon? Oh, 1,000%, right? Because, so if you look at, um, there's another book, right? So The Intelligent Investor. So a lot of people will say, well, have you heard of Warren Buffett? And I go, yeah. I said, or, or Charlie Munger. Yes. Uh, have you heard of Benjamin Graham? No. Right? Well, he's their, their uh, uh, Graham uh, value investor disciples, right? Right. And exactly. so in his book, the first chapter of the book says, so can I talk about investing? This is what I mean. Okay. An investment, he says, Benjamin Graham is something you put your money into where your principal is safe and you have a reasonable opportunity to make a profit. If it doesn't fit that definition, you are speculating, right? So let's go to crypto for a second. I'm not saying not do crypto. What I'm saying is, because uh, I got clients that make money with crypto, right? But they've invested in becoming. They go to Amsterdam for meetings, and they're and they're really more so trading it like forex, right? They're not just buying and holding it. But y'all are buying it and hoping it goes up. That you're gonna make this big hit, this home run. You are gambling, okay? So because if I don't want to invest. Uh, if I don't know it and I'm not willing to invest in knowing how to do it, then Curtis doesn't do it because I have, I have a business. I put a dollar in my business and make $2. That's a hundred percent return. What, what, why am I sending money to other people? I don't, That doesn't even make any sense.
0: Yeah. And you also, it it made (laughs) me think too, when you, you talked about, uh, you know, investing obviously in yourself and your knowledge, but investing in, like your business, putting money into something you can control. That really hit home with me because I'm I'm feeling that now a little bit with being able to control some additional pieces of my financial puzzle that I hadn't been able to control in the past. And it is, it's a good feeling to to feel like you have some control over. You're not just investing in, you know, X stock insert. Yeah, insert somebody ticker here and it's somebody else's
1: business that you can't control any right. of it.
0: Whereas if you can
1: look at your business like a little, you know, like a mutual fund, like a hedge fund. Like you're and you're all right, look, I'm gonna invest in this section, I'm going to invest in. Uh, so let's take before, during, and after, right? So I'm going to invest in, uh, like before unit, attract, capture, nurture. So here are three things. How can I nurture clients better, have better call to action, improve my newsletter? How can I, you know, we're, we have a membership program. And how can I grow the the our subscription base, right? The after unit, how can I orchestrate referrals? Who can I aim this at? Where I can solve bigger problems. See, I could control all of that. Where it doesn't really take a lot of money, uh, um, but I can get you know ten x returns out of that. So uh, you can't do that anywhere else. So, you know, uh, Jim Rohn says wages may make you a living, profits from your business make you a fortune. And see, so that's so I work on that premise, and then now we talk. We talk about. I'm going to do a, a actually a, um. Podcast only this week, the magic of compound assets, right? So now under velocity, you have your main asset, and then you're using so the business profits to do what buy real estate, buy apartment buildings, buy uh uh Toro, cars on Toro. So you now you have cash flow buying more cash flow. So we call it cash asset cash. So we call them you know, compounding a- that's what Buffett does. They use Berkshire Halfway to buy uh which eventually became Geico to buy all these companies and all that cash flows up. Well, you can do that. And you say, the question is, how can I do that at my level?
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: That's, and you got to ask the right question, but to see that's work, that's becoming.
0: Yeah. So it's, it, it kind of goes back to the very beginning of the conversation, be putting in, that's why I, li- I like that answer of, of saving prior to investing, because it really did relate to saving because you're like, in a roundabout way, investing in yourself before you're ready to invest, yeah. so it's like it gets kind of meta a little bit, even. And you're
1: capitalizing, right? Because see, I have a mentor; uh, he passed away, but uh, who wrote the book "Becoming Your Own Banker"? He says, "Listen, if you have capital, opportunities will find you. You don't even have to go looking. You have to capitalize." See, because you're you're looking for you know five hundred dollars here or a thousand dollars here, trying to hit a home run. But if you've got 000, you have got a hundred thousand, you just syndication deals. There's stuff that you can put your capital to work private lending, you know, but you have to capitalize first so that you can really get into, you know, you make money, grow your business. Why are you growing your business? So you become a credit investor Mm -hmm. so that you can really have access. So when you play cash flow, right, it's, it's get out the rat race, step one, and then get into the fast track, which is get now you're, you've got time, freedom, and knowledge to go to the next level to right. buy bigger things. And now you're making more money with less risk because investing is not risky. Being uneducated is risky. As your knowledge goes up, your risk goes down.
0: Yeah. And that core principle of, of rich dad, poor dad, um, you know, really has kind of laid the framework for the way I think about money is just to paying yourself first. And I try to keep that in the front of my mind. So it's it's helpful to hear. I mean, it's helpful to hear you tie these pieces together because I think, you know, I'm, I'm not an expert in finance. I'm not formally educated in finance. I'm almost done with an MBA, which is, you know, not going to school and, and studying mm-hmm. accounting. But I'm, I'm wondering in, in your experience with your clients, are you finding that there is a baseline plan that works for most people? Like, Or are you thinking that is there is there some type of stratification where you look at if you have a person that's 30, 40, 50 years old, let's take the example of they make 10,000 a month. You mentioned ninety days of your of your income, you know, needing to have that before you recommend investing. Do you, do you have that as a straight cutoff? I mean, if they come yeah. to you and say like they they don't have, it's just not, it's yeah. not an option. Yeah. Well, I
1: mean, so if you don't have, I just got off a call with a person. I was like, all right, this guy makes three hundred thousand dollars a year. They have like twenty thousand saved. I was like, okay, and he's got some properties. I was like, so what's what's the first thing you think we need to do here? What's missing here? I have a, a visual. I will show him a picture of their situation, and um. Not, you're uninsured, so if something were to happen, you don't have umbrella coverages, so we're going through making sure he's got the foundation. So I take everybody through the principles, right? Principles drive strategy. So what happens is, see, most people don't have any financial principles that they organize. So, for example, if you all ever read The Richest Man in Babylon, right? The seven cures for a lean purse, right? The five laws of gold, those are principles. You know, if you're biblical, the Ten Commandments; those are principles. They're not suggestions. These are this is how you live a good life, okay? And so now, so we teach financial principles, okay? That don't all, Ray Dalio says all successful people operate by principles, because if you didn't, you'd come into every situation like you've never seen it before, and you got to think about how to do it all over again. Now, if you learn principles, okay, I've seen this play. And so the principles don't change so that because that's the only thing that is certain is, is going to be changed. So you've got to operate with rules that protect you and give you the opportunity to take you know ground from people if you operate by principles. So I'll give you the five real fast. And you're yeah. on our website. Right. So principle one is, say, 15 percent or more of your gross income or more. Right. That's a minimum. And uh, now if you can't do that, that goes back to the cash flow management piece to take the mystery out out of money or cash flow, man. We got to find the money. Why can't you save money? Okay. And then, so now that starts it right now. And that's just a principle. So all it is, is, you know, open up a checking account, driving 15% of your money there. I don't care about what the rate of return on the money is because saving is supposed to be liquid. You want liquidity, use, and control of money in guarantees, right? The second principle is you have to play defense. See, I'm a basketball player, right? So defense Mm -hmm. wins championships, okay? And uh, Golden State scores all these points, but guess what? They When they win, they have a really good defense. They shut you down, too, so they can score and stop you from scoring. My coach used to say, listen, if you score 20 your man scores 20, that's zero. So you have to – and I would always have the the person, the guard, the top guard, the highest scorer, I would always take them. So, like, if he was averaging – 25 points a game, then I, and I was averaging 25 points a game. If we both get 25, that's his, his coach is like, Curse, you got zero. So I got to keep him like 15. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. So you have to have maximum protection. So, and, Uh, over all that stuff. I'm talking about all your insurances, your estate planning, your wills, your entities, all of that stuff. So we go over all of that, right? Because people don't know the concept of maximum protection. One, they don't know the options of what that means. They don't know. They think it costs too much, which it doesn't. And they think it's never going to happen to them. So you have to get over that, right? The third principle is full replacement of assets at death. So we call it leaving a legacy of wealth and wisdom. You know, it says in the Bible, a wise man leaves inheritance, Children's, children's children's children right so you've got to you know why are you here that's another success principle right that that you're leaving clues your successes clues and them um, and you know you want to leave your family better off than when you got here and uh the fourth principle not deep go to deeper in this and we've kind of talked around it is principle four is build and maintain six months to one year of income storage Right, so think about COVID, right, and and the government make it legal for your people not to pay you, or they can shut your business down. And if you were illiquid, by the time the PPP money came, or all this, you got out of business. You know, you're still crippled, right? So that's what I mean by getting to F. U. You. you need to be autonomous so you can do what you want, right? Because if you don't have this, and the markets go down, what do you have to do? You got to sell your shares to get the capital. So you now you're going backwards anyway because you didn't build the liquidity. These are in order for a reason. Right. Right. And the fifth principle is velocity of money, where velocity is just the economic principle of how how, like if you're watching Shark Tape, Mr. Wonderful Goes, listen, if I give you uh I, I like it. I'm gonna put uh half million dollars in your deal or a million dollars in your deal. What's the first question he wants to know? How soon am I getting my money back? When does
0: he get his money? Exactly. When does yeah, I get but-
1: my money? We're friends, right? But I want my money because if you get your money back out, then what's your risk? Zero, because you've gotten all your capital back out. That's why you want to buy assets during cash flow, right? And then um, and then the, what's the second thing is focused? The cash flow is that asset still throwing off money, right? Are you leveraged? Can you get, you know, more of it with less of your money? Leverage. And um, so all that's velocity. And so that's the principle. Utilization is velocity. So what happens is we teach those are the principles. So I don't care where you are. I don't care if you make 30 grand a year. I don't care if you make three million. Those are the principles. And they're just still, they're not my principle. They're just we've kind of codified them. And it was funny because my epiphany came. I was. Like Dave on steroids, twenty five years ago, right? Uh, uh, Buy term investor difference. You know, permanent insurance is evil. Uh, max out your four hundred one k, and then I read Rich that poor dad. And I was like, huh? What he's talking about and what I'm doing is different. And that's what started to. It didn't. Not was that just that book, but it. It kind of like Morpheus gave me the red pill. And then I started studying books on economics, economics. In one lesson, I wanted to understand business cycle and why there's boom and bust in the market. I mean, I'm a a good book for you is A students work for C students and B students work for the government, right? And he talks about where the MBA is the A student, but you work for the C student, which is the capitalist who hires you to run his deal. You know, and so it. But now you got to mix that stuff up. This MBA with the with the, the entrepreneurial stuff, which I don't know that they teach that, you know, right. I don't know that you can teach that if you ain't never had a business. Like, there's nothing I use in business today that I learned at school as a business major. Not a damn thing. You know, I learned more from my dad. My, You know, we were third generation business owner my family in the supermarket growing up. And uh, my kids are like, oh, I got to get this job, such and such. I said, look, do you see anybody in, in, in his house with a job? Your mother's self-employed. I'm self-employed. So I don't know where all this is. The school pouring all this stuff into him. I was like, listen, I made money in all your professors. You need to listen to dad. <laughs> okay, I will show you how to make a hundred grad plus. And, um, uh, but that's, that's, you know, I keep fighting me. A hard head makes us off behind, I say, but that's the, <laughs> that's the thing. It's just, it's walking people. So that's what I was, it doesn't matter what you make the principals are the principles, right? So if you make, you work at McDonald's, I still want you to save 15% of your income. I still want And that's 15% gross.
0: That's 15% gross, right? So, gross, gross, okay. before tax. Right.
1: I mean, gross net, I don't care. At, at a point, I do as long as you're doing something, I don't care, not, but gross is better. You work, You know, we live in a net world, but I want you to save off your gross. And because what you've got to do is you've got to organize yourself so that you can do that. Of course, I got to tie tithing comes out of your fixed bucket the way we teach it right so if it's fifteen percent uh then out of the you know let's say your lifestyle is sixty or seventy percent then th- your giving is out of that bucket like you can organize it you should make it standardized and then but you, you got to have capital to grow the gross so you can give more you can save more you can invest more and so the game is one loss right there cash flow management then we flow into the principles and then we go into the 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 you know, the strategies, the tactics.
0: Yeah. And th- those are, those are the five personal or uh, five principles of personal finance. Yeah. So we'll, we'll be able to, to tag these in the show notes so people can access that and appreciate you going through those Curtis and yeah, sharing. They're all
1: on our website. So you can, you can, you can see them and, and uh, right. break, it, break
0: it down. Yeah. Right. And w- what's the best URL for that website? Uh, It's practicalwealthsolutions.net, www.practicalwealthsolutions.net. Okay, perfect. Yeah. We'll, we'll have that one tagged and Kind of piggybacking off of the the principles and as we close down the interview, what is a common myth about either personal finance or investing, wealth accumulation? You know, kind of the overarching theme that we've been talking about. What's what's a myth about that industry that you want to debunk on the show as someone that that has had experience helping clients with it? What's something you know is just not true and you want people to know that? There's so many. All right, so the one is,
1: that you're not smart enough or you don't have time, right? Because the, the basically the basic marketing of the financial industry is, I used to have a presentation that said this, you don't have the time, the temperament, or the training to personally manage your own investments. So basically in so many words, all their messaging says, give your money to us because this is what we do. And they make it seem complicated so that you, well, let me just, I want to be a doctor. I want to do whatever. And I just want to, yeah, and they want you to give up control of your capital. What I'm to trying to tell you, two plus two is four. And with the principles I showed you, you can learn those, and you can work on your number one asset—you, your mindset, skill set, your network. And Rome wasn't built in a day, but that's that's what I would tell you. It's, it's a myth that you can't understand it. The myth that you have to let somebody else control your money. And uh, for the right people, if you're willing to take control, you can you can change your life and your and your family's life.
0: That's empowering. I mean, that should leave everyone feeling uplifted after this interview to know that you can do it. You know, it's it's obviously not going to happen overnight, like Curtis just mentioned. But by investing in yourself and your most uh, you know powerful asset being your knowledge and, and the way you think and the way you you know create those strategy and habits. Going back to the success portfolio, like what what makes up your portfolio and what makes it unique to you so that you can succeed. And Curtis May, creator of Practical Wealth Advisors, cannot thank you enough for being on the show today, sharing all these tidbits of knowledge and really, I I think, demystifying money, I think, is really what happened today. So I think that that's that's helpful. We feel good going forward. We're going to be able to access all the knowledge and the resources on the show notes here. If someone wants to reach out and connect with you further, Curtis, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Well, go to practicalwealthsolutions.net and click apply to work with Curtis or Click here to, you know, meet with us. If you want to hear like you're right now, like, let's find out a little bit more about this crazy guy. I've never heard this stuff before. (laughs) I would go to the Practical Wealth Show uh, on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen, just search the Practical Wealth Show will come up and, or, and, or our YouTube channel or on IG and just, you know, if you can go to our link tree and just click, uh, you know, work, you know, schedule time to, to talk to us and I'll give you a gift. There is a I have a report called um it's called Creating Wealth Through the Velocity of Money. And so if your listeners will text be the bank, be the bank, all one word, all together, all caps, be the bank to 55444. Um, and then we'll we'll send you that report. It'll put you on, on you know on our on our email list, and you can just keep listening and learning from us. And then one of my sisters may call you to ask you if you want a complimentary consultation. I'm just saying. You're so don't huh? be shy. Full disclosure, right? Yeah, full disclosure. And uh, that's it. And follow what we're doing. I'm a financial educator. So it's like, you know, learn.
0: And then, you know, I always tell people when a student is ready, the teacher will appear. That's great. That's a perfect way to end it. Well, Curtis, thank you so much, sir. Can't thank you enough for being on the show and we'll look forward to keeping in touch with you and following your journey.
1: Eric, thank you so much for having me. I was, this is fun. And, you know, let me kind of get the whole message out there. So I like doing podcasts because I was like, it's a lot. You can't do it in five minutes.
0: No, yeah, exactly. I appreciate you.